Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, love and light, and welcome to the special edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I am a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves mind, body, and spirit. If you are new to the How Now podcast, welcome to the show. You are now part of the How Now podcast family, and we're happy to have you. So make sure that you go over to our website, www.hownowpodcast.com. Pick your favorite podcast platform and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our shows from the past, the shows that are coming up in the now and those that will be happening in the future. You can also click on the banner that is on the website and it will take you to the How Now YouTube channel where you can like, follow, and subscribe there as well. So make sure you go to www.hownowpodcast.com and make sure that you subscribe today. So as I said, this is a special edition of the How Now Podcast because one year ago today, on Labor Day, I started my wellness journey, and it's been 365 days, and I want to talk about some of the things that I've learned. So today's topic is called My Wellness Journey One Year Later, What I Know Now. And so since I started this wellness journey, again, like I said, on September 6th of last year, I was weighed, I weighed in at 238 pounds. And I started this journey because I got sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I had just gotten back from a mission trip to Haiti, and I had not felt so lethargic, so tired, so beat up in any point in my life. And I mean, I'm in my 50s now, and so I know that age has a factor in some of that, but I said, there's no way I should be feeling as lethargic as I was feeling. And so I just was not feeling a sense of wellness. And so I knew I needed to do something different. You know, I started thinking about my grandbaby, Quinn, and, you know, her starting school the following year, and I just wanted to be able to keep up with her. I wanted to be able to do things with my husband and with my family. And I didn't feel that I was living the best quality of life that I could be living. And so, you know, with the pandemic and with things going on around us and, you know, people making pivots in their life, I felt that it was an opportune time for me to make a pivot in my life. And so I decided to start this journey. And as I was trying to contemplate on how I was going to go about this journey, I um, ran into a dear friend of mine who I'd met years ago. And uh, we met at a networking event and um, she said, hey, you know, how are you doing health-wise? And it was funny that she should ask that question because I really hadn't discussed with anybody how I had been feeling of late. And so uh, I told her, I said, you know, I'm not feeling well. I don't feel a sense of wellness. And so I know I need to do something different. And so, you know, she started telling me about a program that she was a part of that she had been doing for a couple of months called Octavia. And um, she told me about the program and what it entailed. And um, we talked about a few things and I said, eh, you know, this may be for me. It may not be for me. And uh, I told her I would think about it. And uh, lo and behold, I did some calculations. I looked into some things that I was doing and I said, you know what? It's really time that I start investing in me because it was an investment to be a part of this program. And I just wasn't sure that uh, it was in my budget to do. But when I looked at how much I was spending in groceries and in takeout and and in dining in at different places several times a week, 
I realized that that same money that I was investing in those things, I could be investing in this program and, you know, establishing a better quality of life for myself. And so I decided to start with the Aptavia program. But, um, you know, the one thing that I want to say before I move on is that, you know, you only need to start a wellness program when you're ready. And, and that's something that's so important. You know, even though I spoke to my girlfriend and she was telling me about, about the program and the benefits that it gave her, it had to be a conscious decision on my behalf to determine whether this was something that I wanted to do. Was it going to be something that was going to be sustainable? Was it something that I could do long-term? Because when you think about a wellness journey, okay, it's not a sprint. It's not like I was saying, well, you know, I want to go to a wedding and I need a fitness dress and I need to be able to do it in two weeks. This was something that I was looking at for the long haul so that I can have a better quality of life, not a better quality month or a better quality week. It was something that I needed to do long term. And so I began to, you know, really think about, you know, my why. And that's something that, that you must consider when you talk about a wellness journey of any type. Why are you doing this? What is your, what is your rationale behind it? What is it, what is it you hope to get from the experience? And that's something that you need to consider before you even take the first step. I was tired of feeling sick and tired. I wanted a better quality of life so that that way I could be present and I could enjoy my family, my granddaughter, my husband, my daughter, I want, and, and the rest of my family. I wanted to be around for them. I saw people passing away due to COVID and I did not want to be in a position where if I were to contract COVID, that I would not be able to fight it because my body was shutting down prior to being sick. So those were some things that I took into consideration and that were part of my decision to go ahead and begin this wellness journey. So once you determine that you're ready to do it, then you can move forward. Because, you know, as the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. People can take you and lead you there, but you have to be willing to drink. They're not going to push your head down in the water <laughs> and make you drink. You have to have the willingness to, to do it. And so it is important to know your why. It's important to be ready for whatever it is that you're going to do. And whatever it is that you decide to do, make sure that it is something sustainable, something that you can do for a long period of time not just for a brief period of time, unless that's what your goal is. If your goal is to, to lose a couple of pounds in a couple of weeks and, and to gain it back afterwards, or it doesn't matter to you, determine what it is that you want the outcome to be for your wellness journey. That's first and foremost, okay? So you want to know your why first, why you're doing it, what you hope to, is going to happen at the end. And that's going to be important. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. So as I said, I started my journey on Labor Day, September 6, 2021 with Optavia. And uh, in that first week, I lost 10 pounds. And I was like, wow, 10 pounds. That was motivation for me. Because I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm busting the move here. You know, I'm a little hungry but I've lost 10 pounds. And so that was enough of a jump start for me to say, okay, I'm, I'm doing something good. But in the back of my mind, I was also saying, okay, this, this type of program is something that I'm going to do till I reach a certain weight. That was something I determined in the beginning because I know that it is packaged food and I you know, was looking more for something that was going to uh, be something that I could do. Like I said, I talked about sustainability. That could be sustainable. And I want to be able to eat regular food and not just packaged food or to be able to be in a program that was, that if something should happen financially, I would not be able to sustain. And so, uh, you know, I had a goal in mind. I said to myself, when I reach 50 pounds, 
uh, lost, then I'll um, start looking into some alternatives because I really wanted that jump start. I really wanted to to get to a a place where I could, uh, you know, feel as though I've I've lost significant amount of weight and and could start looking into some things that that I could do on the maintenance end. How would I sustain or how would I maintain this weight once I lost it? So th those are some thoughts that I had in my mind starting out. And so, like I said, I lost uh, 10 pounds in that first week. And that was, you know, significant for me that that was enough to let me know, okay, I've got skin in the game and it's actually working. So I felt good about that. Uh, I lost 20 pounds after one month. So after a month of being on the program, I lost uh, 20 pounds. And I was excited about that because it wasn't so fast that I felt as though, you know, this is like a fad. I'm doing it too fast. I had to make some adjustments. There were some things that I couldn't do. I couldn't exercise right out the gate uh, because when you change your caloric intake, you know, you have to give your body a chance to adjust to those new calories. And because there's a significant deficit when you're first starting out, what happens is your body is in, you know, feels as though, you know, it's starving. And so if you exercise and you start expending too many of those calories, your body's going to hang on to uh, what you have because it, th it doesn't know where its next meal is coming from. So you're not going to see a significant weight loss. So exercise was not something that I could do right out the gate. I was advised by my coach to just wait a little, wait a couple of weeks, you know, and just let your body get adjusted to the caloric deficit. And so as my body was doing that, that first 10 pounds was really water weight gain because when you're eating certain foods, your body retains water. And, and what happens is uh, you know, from the salt that you're eating, from from the different types of food that you're eating, your body is absorbing that water. And so that's the first thing that you lose is that that water weight. And so it's usually that first 10 pounds. So, you know, it's not really any fat that you've lost at that point. You are losing water. Okay. And then, like I said, 20 pounds in, you know, after a month, I started seeing just some gradual weight loss each week. And that was good because you're not going to lose 10 pounds a week, every week. That's definitely not going to happen. And you want to lose it in increments that are, are again, sustainable. Okay. So I started eating and my body started to respond to this new caloric deficit. And so I lost that 20 pounds. Okay. But after I, after that month, then I was ready to start doing some exercise and as some of you know, I have um, spinal stenosis. And so I have a um, condition where I have a pinched nerve in my back. And so sometimes my legs feel like they are completely asleep. They feel pins and needles and they're tingling. And it's not a good feeling at all. If I sit too long, they start to tingle. If I stand too long, they start to tingle. And so I could not do exercise that required me to be on a treadmill or to stand for a significant amount of time. Now, this was something that was difficult for me because I am used to old school, walk away the pounds, Leslie Sansone. I know some of you know that name if you've been uh, in this diet and exercise game as long as I have. And, you know, that's what I did. I did my cardio. I ran, I walked, ran on my treadmill uh, when I was at uh, my peak level of losing weight, and that was a couple of years back, and um, you know before the pandemic, and now with the diagnosis of the spinal stenosis, I could not exercise that way. So that was another thing I had to do. I had to figure out how I was going to be able to do the exercise that I was doing in the past with this new condition that was, uh, you know, that was diagnosed with. And so um, when I was diagnosed, I learned of a recumbent elliptical bike. And I was able to use that because it was easy on my joints. It allowed me to, to be in a seated position and to be able to move my arms and legs like an elliptical bike or like an elliptical regular upright elliptical runner. So I was able to do that in a seated position. So I got the 
I you know, purchased the bike. I made that another investment in that and was able to do that. So I started out doing the recumbent bike. And what was nice is the, the bike that I bought had an app that had pre-programmed uh, lessons that you could follow. So I was able to, you know, put in how many minutes I wanted to do a program and they had a program that was already um, pre-recorded and I was able to go in and do my exercise on a regular basis. So I started out doing that about two to three times a week and, and that felt good. And uh, in a little over two months, I had lost 30 pounds at that point. So now, now things were getting exciting because people started to notice a little bit. People were like, hey, you know, you're looking a little different. You're slimming down a little bit. And one thing that they do in Aquavia, which I love, is called the sugar shot. So every 10 pounds, you take a picture with the amount of sugar that represents the amount of weight that you lost. So in my first picture, uh, I had a picture, uh, I mean, I had uh, two bags of sugar showing mm -hmm. I had lost 20 pounds. Then I had, a, well, I had a 10 pound bag when I first started. Then I had a 20 pound bag. Then I had... Uh, 30 pounds. So I had three 10 pound bags of sugar trying to hold them up. And it was just to show you, you know, physically how that looks on the outside of your body. And it was just fascinating to me to see how much, how heavy those bags were. And I was carrying that inside my body. And so it gave me the visual, you know, and taking pictures gave me the visual so I could now see the changes that were happening to my body. So I was excited about the, you know, what I was seeing. And I really started uh, looking at some other ways to kind of up the game a little bit. Because the one thing that you have to remember is that your body starts to get used to the things that it's doing once you start something. The body is very complex. And so my body was starting to get used to the things that it was doing. And so I wanted to make sure that I kept the momentum going. And so then at that point, when I reached the um, 30 pound mark after two months, I started learning about chair exercises. I cannot remember who mentioned it to me, but I was on YouTube and found uh, two gentlemen that do chair exercises on YouTube that are very popular. And I was able to do exercises, cardio exercises in the chair and it wasn't affecting my spinal stenosis. So I was excited about that because I was looking for other things to do besides just ride the elliptical recumbent bike. I needed other things to do. I wanted to be able to do other kinds of exercise. So I started using, I started uh, following those videos. And then as I was doing the videos, I learned about strength training. And that was something that was important as well. Uh, you know, that I could do some exercises in the chair, but also use dumbbells and that would be a form of strength training. So I could do cardio and strength training. So I was excited about that. That was something new. I started with three pound weights and, 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 you know, eventually would work my way up as time went on. And so uh, at the three month mark, which would have been December of last year, I hit 40 pounds, people. Let me tell you, I was stunned. I, I couldn't believe the changes that I had seen in my body. I really started getting excited because like I said, people started to notice. When you first start out, people aren't really noticing. You're not noticing until you see pictures. I started taking a lot of pictures so that that way I could see the changes, you know, because sometimes you don't see the changes in, in pounds. You may see them in inches. And in how your how your body composition is made up, it changes. And so, you know, I didn't want to miss any of those things or feel as though my work was in vain. So sometimes it's really good to take those pictures because pictures, you know, are worth a thousand words. You can see the changes. I was able to see the changes once I looked at the pictures. I may not have been able to physically see it you know, as I was walking around and those who are in your home who see you every day, sometimes they don't see it until you've reached a certain mark. But when I reached that 40 pound mark, people started to notice and people were like, wow, you know, you're looking great. You're doing good. And I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked. And at that 40 pound uh, milestone, 
that's when I finally got under 200 pounds. Now, many people who I've told this story to know that I have not been under 200 pounds since I was 17 years old. And I'm not ashamed to say I am 52 years old and it has been years, years and years and years since I've been anywhere under 200 pounds. Even years ago when I was diagnosed with diabetes, I was diagnosed with diabetes back in November of 2000. And I lost 100 pounds then and I was still over 200 pounds. So I've been a large person for the better part of my adult life. And so you know, to be under 200 pounds was huge and scary at the same time too, because I this was uncharted territory. I had not been under that under that weight, you know, since I was in my teenage years, you know, and at that point I wasn't even really fully, fully, you know, well, in the earlier part of my of my years I wasn't I wasn't developed so you know that's interesting too because what that what that tells me is that I didn't have a point of reference I didn't have a point of reference as to where I wanted to you know what my goal weight was going to be I had a I had a a, a number in mind but still I didn't have a point of reference and what I mean by that is that, you know, I, I couldn't say, oh, well, you know, when I was back in high school and I was a cheerleader or my body was tight or when I was in my early 20s, I had been large for almost my entire adult life. So I didn't have a point of reference to say, oh, well, back, you know, back when I was, uh, you know, this size, I looked really good. I had been big for a long time. So I didn't even know what that looked like. And so to be under a hundred pounds was huge. And, um, you know, that's also when I realized that a lot of my clothes didn't fit. And this is something that you have to keep in mind when you're on your wellness journey as a part of that planning. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too. You, you have to plan for these things. You have to plan for, for, what happens when you lose a certain amount of weight and your clothes don't fit anymore? Did you put money aside to, to, to create a budget for the clothes that you would have to replace? Now, some people, the composition of their body changes, and so they may lose inches and they may not necessarily see uh, you know, too much of a change in their clothing. But when you lose a significant amount of weight, Yes, you will. And not only will you lose the weight in your clothing, you'll lose the weight in your feet. Okay. Because <laughs> I had to replace some shoes because my feet were wide and now my feet were getting narrow. So I was like, uh-oh, now my shoes and my clothes aren't fitting. And then wait, there's more because your hands get smaller too. Okay, I'm going to touch on that in a minute as well. But, you know, you don't think about those things until they're happening. And then you're like, uh-oh, how am I going to replace my entire wardrobe? And those who know me know that my rotation is strong on the clothes. Just saying. Okay, I can go a, a little long while <laughs> before you see me wearing something uh, a second time. But it happens. But like I said, because I had such a strong rotation on the clothing, I had to figure out what I was going to do. My profession has me standing in front of people, uh, you know, uh, doing trainings for extended periods of time. And so, you know, I couldn't put a belt on everything and be out there looking like a clown. <laughs> so I had to figure out, you know, did I, or I had to now budget for clothes. Okay. That wasn't something that I took into consideration. You think about the weight loss, but you don't think about those little things. And you know what that put me in mind of? It put me in mind of like when you get your first apartment or, you know, you get your, or you get your first house and it's not until you break something that you realize that you didn't buy a broom and a dustpan or that you didn't have extra toilet tissue or paper towels because you didn't think about those things. 
you were so used to them always being there and now all of a sudden that you're that you're responsible for them you weren't thinking about those things i wasn't thinking about the clothes i wasn't thinking about that my, my feet would get smaller and my shoes wouldn't fit didn't think about that but it happened and i couldn't be walking around coming out of my shoes i had to go and buy shoes so you have to think about little things like that that was something i learned i was like i did not budget for replacing my entire wardrobe what was i going to do what was i going to wear you know so that was something that was important okay i moved from a size 22 to a size 18 so that was that was significant okay then that was in december in january of 2022 of this year i hit 50 pounds lost Guys, when I tell you that was something, it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing because I had reached that 50-pound mark that I was talking about in the beginning and saying that, you know, I wanted to lose that 50 pounds. And then after I lost that 50 pounds, uh, you know, I was going to look into into um, changing how I ate or, or, or transitioning out of the program that I was in. And... You know, even though I said that I, and, and that I would want to do natural food, I really didn't, I didn't plan. I didn't plan for, for, you know, what I was going to transition to. I just knew that I wanted to stop with eating the packaged food and move to a more naturally based one, but I didn't have one in mind. And this is where it's important too. As you're going through your journey, learn about your body, learn uh, about how it operates, how it functions, okay? And if you don't know how it functions, ask somebody who does. This is why it's important to have a coach. This is why it's important to have people around you who are knowledgeable, not your uncle or your auntie or a friend who, you know, but somebody who is knowledgeable about the body, somebody who is knowledgeable about nutrition and about health and, and, finding out from them what some of your options can be, okay? It's good to have a point of reference that way because Google and, and, and you know, YouTube and all these other things, you have a plethora of, of things that are out there that, and options that, that you have. And if you're not knowledgeable about them, you don't know how to make an informed decision if you don't know about it. And that's what can happen. And that's what has happened to some people. You you get to a place where it's it's just information overload. Then comes the analysis paralysis. Now I don't I can't figure it out, so I'm just not going to do anything. And so it's important to have a plan. What are you going to do when you reach a certain milestone? What changes are you willing to make if you get to a, a point where you plateau? What are you going to do? These are some of the things that you want to know ahead of time. So that way you're prepared when you reach there. Not if you reach there, but when. And that's another thing. You know, I, I was surprised. And a lot of people, sometimes when they're on a weight loss journey and they lose their weight, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. But guess what? I was waking up 6 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock every day, you know, doing my exercise. I was eating properly. I was drinking almost a gallon of water every single day. So what did I think was going to happen? When when I started seeing evidence of, of the weight loss, what did I think was going to happen? It was just going to all of a sudden just, you know, stop altogether? No, no, it wasn't. But But I didn't have a plan for if it did, what I needed to do, what it was going to look like, and, and more importantly, what it was going to do to me mentally. Because at 50 pounds, I could see the changes. I didn't recognize my own self in the mirror. <laughs> and, and that was weird. Going and having to replace my wardrobe, I think, was the hardest part. Because everything in me went straight to the full figure section, went straight to the plus size because that's where I lived. That's where I lived. When I got down into um, into uh, losing that 50 pounds, I went down to a size 16. I ain't nothing about no 16. I hadn't seen numbers like that in years. 
So, you know, unfortunately with the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot of the fitting rooms were closed in a lot of the stores. And so I wasn't able to try on the clothes. So I wasn't confident enough to go and buy certain clothes because I was like, these are not going to fit. And so that's when I determined, and that's when the GW, the Goodwill became my, my store of choice because I knew that I would continue to be on this weight loss journey and I needed to be able to replace my clothes but I didn't have the finances to replace them fully and just turn around a couple of months later and have to replace them again. So I started going to Goodwill and started uh, picking up clothes from there. So that, that way I could replace some of my uh, wardrobe items at a cheaper rate. You know, and some people were like, oh, well, you can alter your clothes. Eh, you can only alter your clothes with so much. Okay. And then that becomes uh, uh, an exorbitant course cost as well. If, you're having to alter everything. And so, you know, I had some pieces that I liked and I had those altered and the other pieces, you know, I, I donated. So it became the circle of life. I would donate to Goodwill and then I walk out with a new bag of clothes. <laughs> and so that's how that rotation went. And so it was just, it was uh, interesting to, to, you know, try to determine, you know, if these clothes fit. So I was spending a lot of time in Goodwill, going home and trying on clothes, taking certain things back and keeping others, but but wrapping my mind around the fact that these clothes were fitting and that that the other clothes that I had were too big, you know, because I, I say, oh, no, this is my favorite dress. I'm going to keep this one. And, you know, my husband played a good part in saying, babe, it's too big. You need to go a size down. And I had to learn to believe that. You know, and I had to learn to have confidence in that, you know, and it took some time. Remember, this was just January. It's only September. Okay. And, and, and it's only been in more recent times that I'm comfortable with now going in the store, confidently picking up the size that I'm wearing now, which is a 14. Still wear some 16s because it depends on the cut, but now I'm in a size 14. I've been in a size 14 since I was 12. I was not even developed then, but I was big, okay? And so it's just, you know, going in and wrapping your mind around that and, and gaining the confidence and being able to say, you know, I'm going to own this new skin that I'm in. And so, you know, speaking of skin, uh, you know, when, when I got to this 50 pound weight loss, I started seeing some, you know, excess skin in certain areas on my body that at one point were tight, you know, and I thought they were tight because I was toned or I was tight because I was fat. <laughs> so, and so, uh, you know, certain areas, it was, you know, with the loose skin and then my age, of course, plays a factor in that as well. And so, you know, I started really getting into the strength training and learning more about that and realizing that I was doing far too much cardio and not enough strength training. Then I found out even more recently that I should have started the strength training way back when I, when I started, uh, you know, developing my exercise regimen. I needed to get that strength training in there so that that way I wouldn't have as much excess, excess skin as I have. And now there's a possibility that I have to look in having some of it surgically removed just for medical reasons, not for cosmetic reasons because of my spinal stenosis. Some of that that excess weight is in my midsection in my stomach and it's pulling on my back. So I have to look into the possibility of having some of that skin removed because when you lose a significant amount of weight like that and you're not doing strength training, you're not toning and, and, and working those muscles, you know? And so there are so many things I'm learning about. I'm learning about this term skinny fat. I didn't know anything about that until more recently either. So that's why it's important to, to start looking into, you know, researching what your body does. I'm not saying go out and, and be a biologist or go out and, and, and become a doctor, but, you know, there are so many courses, there are so many um, certifications that you can get in health and nutrition, some courses that are free, things that you can do on YouTube. There are so many things out there that can at least tell you what your body does. 
So that, that way you have a level of awareness. It's important to know what it is that your body is doing when you eat certain things, what your body is doing when you exercise, when you tone. And that was something that was important. And then all those things, if, you, if you're still confused, that's why it's important to have somebody who is a coach or somebody who is a specialist or specializes in this. So that, that way they can help you to become knowledgeable about your body. Remember, this is a lifestyle change. It's not just uh, 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 something temporary. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so you want to be as equipped as you can be. You know, you want to have things in your toolbox. Okay. And, and you want to have the right tools in your toolbox. If you are a plumber, you're not going to have a toolbox full of pencils. Or you're not going to have a, a toolbox you know, full of brooms, you're going to have the things that you're going to need to be able to do the job that you're doing. So you want to make sure that you're equipping yourself. So that's something that is important. Make sure that you are knowledgeable about what it is that your body does and what your body can do. Okay. And I say that because once I got to that 50 pound mark and, you know, started adding that strength training in and, and, you know, was was deciding on what to do with regards to changing my eating habits and, and transitioning out of eating the packaged food, you know, I started falling into a plateau. And I believe that I plateaued from, let me see, I made sure I took some notes here. I plateaued from probably... January, no, February, from February of this year, almost till June. So February, March, April, May, June, almost four months where I just ping pong between, uh, you know, 189 and 180. So for four months, I just kept I would get down close to 180, then I'd go back up the scale. Then I'd go down, then I'd go back up the scale again. It was a rough time, but I was transitioning out of eating the packaged food and trying to determine how I was going to, to change my strategy or my eating habits from then. And, you know, it was difficult to make the transition. I wasn't making the proper choices. And then I ran into another dear friend of mine who I met at another networking event. And she told me about a program called Simple Fat Burn. And so I started following that program and started checking and, you know, working on my carbs and, and my intake and, and, you know, not having uh, some of the restrictions that I had in my other program. And so that's important also. Again, if there are any type of restrictions, what are those restrictions and should there be any restrictions? And uh, in this new program that I'm in, it's been wonderful in that the one thing that they say is better is better. And I love that because you're, you're making the best of the situation that you're in. You're making the best choice that you can make in the situation that you're in. And if there is some, some place that you're going or something that you're doing, you can plan you know, if you're going to a restaurant, you can check out the menu before you get there so that you know what's the best choice that you can make at that particular restaurant. Or if you want to have a treat that, that uh, you know, you're going to a party or you're going to a special event and they're going to have some sweets there or something else that you may want to have, that you plan the rest of your day to eat properly and eat according to the, the plan that you're on and then have that little bit. For, for that event that you're at, and then go right back to being on program. Now, one thing that was difficult for me, especially during the, those four months, is my travel picked up. I travel for work. And so now I go from preparing my own meals to now being at the mercy of eating at a restaurant for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I'm traveling for work. And so that became a stressor. And that was something that, that was instrumental in and me plateauing for so long because it was trying to control what I couldn't control. But I learned, you know, that there were certain food choices that were best for me. And that what they did was when I ate a certain type of meal, 
and I ate that meal consistently through the week while I was traveling or as close to that, those types of meals, which would be something like a baked fish or a baked chicken. And then I would have some type of uh, leafy greens or, you know, or I would make sure that the sauce was on the side so that I wouldn't get the sodium and, and get the water retention that comes with that. Those were things that I had to, to plan for. But what happens is if I ate the same thing during the week, I realized that I was not gaining as much weight, but I was pretty much staying right where I needed to stay within a certain, you know, three to five pound range. And, and that helped me in saying, okay, well, I know when I get to a place of maintenance, those are the kinds of things that I'm going to need to do. And so that was important. You know, like I said, learning all these little things along the way, but the only way that I was able to do that was by documenting. Okay document, document, document. Every single day since I started my wellness journey, and this was for for data for myself, I have written down my weight. I step on the scale every day. Now, there are some people who say that is taboo. It does not work for everyone. But like I said, I was doing this for data collection. You know, I'm a former doctoral student. Everything I do is research-based. So I I wanted to see, you know, ebbs and flows. I wanted to see, you know, when my weight fluctuated. I also, you know, during uh during the earlier part of this year, started writing down all of my meals. So I have been putting them in my fitness pal, which is the app, which is my app of choice. So I was documenting what I was eating, what my caloric intake was. Every week I was doing some measurements. I was just doing my waist, my hips, and um, and my weight at the time. And so, you know, and then also keeping track of my blood glucose, because like I said, I'm diabetic. And so what I did was that that gave me a point of reference. It, it allowed me over this last year, and I was able to look at it a couple of days ago and just see where the ebbs and flows were. I put down when I was traveling. So I knew when I traveled, I saw that, that, you know, my weight kind of maintained or it stayed the same. And then once I got back home and got back into the rhythm of things, then I started seeing the weight come off again. When my birthday came up in May and, and I traveled, I ate everything I wanted to, everything and licked every single one of my fingers. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And, and then I came back and got back on my program and everything was fine. You know, sometimes, you know, those are the points where, I could have gotten discouraged and just said, you know what, forget this. I've been ping pong in four months, but I'd rather ping pong under 200 pounds in that, in those 180s than to be coasting right back up into those 200s and beyond. Okay, sometimes it's a matter of perspective and how we think of things. It is a mental thing more than it is the physical. Okay, because you're going to see fluctuations and things like that, but your mind has to tell you that you're on this journey and that unless you're in a competition that, that you're training for, you're going to see some ebbs and flows, you know? So, you know, so you gain four pounds, okay? Is somebody really going to be walking by with a little pinching stick saying, ah, you gained four pounds, oh my goodness, are they even going to notice it? You know, you have to lose a significant amount of weight before anybody notices it. So if you gain a little bit back, are people really going to notice it? four pounds? Not really. And if it's water weight and you're, and you go back to doing something that you were doing, like up your, increase your water or increase your, your weights or, or change something in your diet, or sometimes you got to up your caloric intake a little bit and then reduce it just a little bit. And before your body makes that adjustment again, these are all things that you have to be able to gauge. And the only way that you can do that is if you are documenting. So, you know, I write those things down. Everybody is not a documenter. Go in there and find an app where you can just put those things in, scan those things in and not have to worry about it. But you want to have a point of reference. So you must document, document, document. And that's what helped me get out of my plateau. I was able to see that, okay, I was getting comfortable using the weights that I was using when I was doing my exercise. 
You know, I had just done a little bit of exercise and, and I was just doing exercise in the morning. I started incorporating exercise in the morning and in the evening. Okay. I started looking at my supplements. Was I getting all of the nutrients that I needed in my body? And I found out that I wasn't. That's why it's important to speak with your professionals and your coaches and your and your physicians who can tell you where there may be some deficiencies. And there were some deficiencies. I needed to, to take certain supplements. I, I take a multivitamin, multimineral every day. And that was something that I wasn't doing before because I was feeling lethargic. And the one thing that's important about it, you know, when you're in your wellness journey, I didn't want to just look good. I needed to feel good too. And in the beginning, I was feeling very sluggish and lethargic. And I was like, okay, I'm losing the weight, but I feel like crap. <laughs> and that's not what you want. You want to look good and feel good. And so I had to listen to my body. And when my body wasn't responding in a way that I thought it should, I started asking questions. I started going to people. I started getting by with a little help from my friends. I started asking them, what is it that I need to do? What am I doing wrong? What is it that 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 that's causing me to have these issues? So you have to be honest with yourself and with the person that you're trusting and telling them what it is that you're doing. You know, it does me no service to write down something that I ate or didn't or, or, or not to, or not to write down something that I ate. How is that benefiting me? It's not helping me or the person who's trying to help me get a snapshot of what it is that's going on with me or things that I may need to change that are going to be sustainable. So these are things that you have to keep in mind. Don't cheat yourself. You know, be honest with yourself and with that person that you're trusting and tell them what it is that you're doing so that, that way they can see it. With the new program that I'm in and the coach that I have, I send her a picture of me stepping on the scale every day. How's that for accountability? <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I'm not asking you to do that. You can do that for yourself or you don't have to, or you can just go based on how your clothes fit, whatever works for you. You know, but but whatever it is that you choose to do, make sure that you're comfortable with it and that it's something that is sustainable. You know, for me, I'm big on accountability. And so it's it's wonderful for me to be able to check in every day, whether I've gained a pound or lost a pound or whatever. I'm happy to have that person that I can talk to because she's able to say, oh, you know, I've I've gone through that as well. Or, or you're still doing a great job because she knows that everything doesn't depend on that skin, okay? It's all about inches. It's all about inches of fat that you are losing. And there's a whole myriad of things that goes along with that. We would need a whole nother hour to talk about that. But but the one thing that, that you know, I wanted you to, to really keep in mind was to, to have that plan to have that plan, to make sure that, that you understand uh, your body and what it does with water retention, what it does with, with uh, your weight, with regards to the inches over pounds. There are, there are you know, so many research studies that are out there that can help you in, in understanding that, you know, because sometimes the scale won't move, but your body composition will because you've toned muscle, you've strength trained, and it has changed the the landscape of your body. And so sometimes you may not see any weight loss, but that's why it's important to take pictures. That's why it's important to document. When you take those pictures and you see them side by side, you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize. I didn't see it until I saw the pictures. And so it's important to document yourself in pictures and in, in uh, data collection set. That way you at least have an idea. I just wanted to do it for a year because I wanted to see what it looked like. You know, I'm going to continue in it because I enjoy it and, 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 and I'm, I'm gaining a lot more knowledge in knowing what my body is doing and how it's doing it. And so it's important to do those things. Like I said, you have to have a budget. Make sure that you budget for when you lose weight. 
you know, I, hey, it's the holidays. They had a half off sale at one of the stores that I go to. Everything was half off. I went in there and lost my mind. <laughs> but I was able to go in there with confidence and pick up clothes that I would have never thought would have fit. And now I go in there and I say, this is going to fit. I can look at it. I can eyeball it now and say, that's going to fit. And it's going to fit me the right way. I had enough rolls on my back to start a bakery, okay? <laughs> and now almost all of all of the fat on my back is gone and my clothes fit different. Things look different. The scale may not have moved, but my body composition changed. And now things that I'm wearing fit so much nicer. And 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 and, and my body has taken on a different shape. And I'm learning to embrace it. And I'm learning to embrace it more recently, okay? It's not something that 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 uh, happened a long time ago. It took me until probably about a month ago, to be honest, before I was finally able to say, you know what? I'm looking good. I like what I see. I see the results of my hard work and I'm learning to embrace it. I'm learning to embrace this new body that I'm in that was foreign to me. Like I said, I didn't have a point of reference. So I didn't know where to, to, you know, to go back to. Oh, I remember back in 1988, I was looking like this and that. I am learning this new body. Things don't snap back the way they did when I was in my 20s. Okay. I'm in my 50s. And so things are not snapping back the way they could have. And, and, you know, all of the coulda, shoulda, or yeah, had I done this 30 years ago, I would have looked like this, that, and the third, but I wasn't ready then. I'm ready now. And so now I have to figure out what works best for this 52-year-old body and not what I could have, would have done back 30 years ago. None of that matters at this point. What matters is right now. And so that's where I'm at in this journey. The journey is still continuing. Okay, I I am uh as of uh this morning as as of this broadcast, I am 173 pounds. It doesn't mean that I'm not gonna gain some of that back before the week is out. I don't know. Jury's still out on that one. But if I do, I'm just gonna continue to stick to my plan. It's okay when you fall off, it's just getting back on. But if you understand your body, you'll understand why it's done what it did, okay? That's important to remember, okay? Case in point, when I had my birthday celebration, like I said, I went and ate everything. And like I told you, I licked everything on my fingers, no regrets or anything like that. I was I was traveling for four days. I stepped on that scale when I came back, I had gained 11 pounds. And that's right, I said 11 pounds. <laughs> I gained 11 pounds. All right. Now I could have said, oh my goodness, I gained 11 pounds. I blew my, my, my wellness journey. I blew my eating habits and I'm just going to go ahead and go ham from there. Okay. And I'm just going to eat everything. Okay. But I didn't do that. When I came back from my trip, because I knew that I would retain water and do all kinds of things because of this food that I was eating, that some of these indulgences that I was uh, partaking in while I was celebrating my birthday. I went back on my plan and was eating the way I normally eat. And guess what? Within a week after that, I was back down those 11 pounds. And you think, well, how in the world did you do that? It's like I did it when I first started the program. You know, I went back into a little bit of that caloric deficit. I went back to drinking my water. I went back to my exercise regimen and I went back. Now, had I not known that, I would have kept on going and just said, well, you know what? One Dorito deserves another. And I would have just kept on going and that would have been it. But you'll find that over time, as you're losing the weight, what will happen is, you you won't desire, you won't have those cravings. You'll have the cravings. Let me, let me take that back. Let me rescind that. <laughs> You'll have the cravings. And once you have it, then you realize, eh, it wasn't what I, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. 
there was one point where I was just craving Doritos so bad. And then I finally had Doritos and it was like, eh, it was all right. I didn't even finish them. Gave them to the landowner. Okay. Because I was like, it, it wasn't what I thought. Your mind wants certain things or thinks it wants certain things. And then when you have it, your body goes, eh, not quite. When your body starts getting used to eating a certain way, it's not going to want those things or it may want them. But once you put it in your mouth, you're like, mm, not so much. This is not really what I wanted. I think I want something different. I want something healthier. I want something that, that tastes a little different. And now with all the choices that you have out there, it's not like your old school wellness plans where you had limited foods to eat. You have gluten-free, you have cauliflower rice, you got all kinds of stuff that, that we didn't know anything about that, that we can have now. But the one thing is that you're not depriving yourselves. You know, I, I like chocolate, especially during that time of the month. I want chocolate. So I get my 72% uh, chocolate and I have a square and I'm good. And so there, you know, it's little things like that. You make the adjustments and you say, what, what's, what's the alternative? You know, the one thing that is important to remember is that you don't talk about what you can't have. You know, there's some people, I can't eat this, I can't eat that, and I can't eat this, I can't have that. What can you have? How about that? Or what are you choosing to have? That's even better. Okay, if I go to an event or I go somewhere, you know, and, and I'm looking at the choices and they'll say, oh, well, do you want this? I don't say, oh, I can't eat that. You know, I'm not a person who um, chooses to eat pork or beef. It's been about 18 years since I've eaten pork or beef. But I choose, that's my choice. It's not, you know, my body does not process it well, so it doesn't serve me. So I choose not to eat those things. In an emergent situation, or if there was something that happened where all there was left to eat was pork or beef, then guess what? Kim's eating pork or beef, <laughs> okay? It's not that I can't have it. My body doesn't digest it well, so I choose not to eat it. So what happens is somebody may say, oh, well, do you want a pork type of that? No, I think I'm going to have the chicken instead. It's all in how you say it and how you think about it. So that's what I do. I say, you know, I'm going to have that instead. Instead of saying, I can't have that, or I can't have that, because then it sounds restrictive, and, and, and it's a choice. You're choosing not to eat that. It doesn't mean you're not going to eat anything. I'm not sitting in the corner with a bottle of water saying, I'm not eating anything. I'm fasting. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm just not going to eat anything at all. No. And people will try to guilt you into thinking that, that oh my goodness, you just over there eating that bird food. No, this is what satisfies me. I'm full. You know, and, and, and my whole thing is that my focus is not on the food. It's on the fun. It's on the people that are, I'm surrounded by. And, and I don't let the food be the thing that dictates how I'm going to enjoy myself when I go somewhere. That's important to, to remember. Okay. Because sometimes we'll go and if the food was nasty, eh, food was nasty I didn't have a good time. But was the ambiance nice? Was the music nice? Did you have a good time? Think about those things. Okay. We always talk about, oh, you know, I went to the barbecue and it was fun, but that, I ate too much. So then my stomach hurt and I didn't feel well. So the night ended with a stomach ache. So the night ended with, with you not feeling well. Where's the fun in that? I want to talk about how I hopped around and played games and had a good time and joked around with my family. That, those are the things that I want to remember. Not the stomach ache or the tums that I had to take after I got home because I couldn't move because I ate too much. Or, or I was disappointed because the potato salad was nasty because somebody bought it and they put celery in it or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> I don't want that to be my topic of conversation. I want it to be that I had fun with the people that I was with, that I enjoyed that now and that it wasn't focused on the food. It was focused on the friends, family, and fun. How about that? So those are the kinds of things that you want to keep in mind when you talk about a wellness journey. Okay. You want to talk about that documentation. You want to talk about having a plan. You want to talk about what you're going to do as far as changing out your wardrobe, 
you want to talk about strength training over cardio or doing a combination of both so that that way you're strengthening for that loose skin that's going to appear when you lose a significant amount of weight. You want to have all of those things in check. So those are just a few of the things that I've learned in this wellness journey. And I know that this was packed with a lot of information, but it's important to kind of scratch the surface on thinking about what that's going to look like for you. And I'm still in the process of it, but I know that, you know, I'm going to be ready to continue in this journey because I've equipped myself with the knowledge. Okay. And with that, I want to introduce a program that I am starting called Spirit Body Transformation. And that's going to be coming in fall, winter of this year. Okay. I am working on my certifications and we'll have them complete to be a certified uh, health and nutrition awareness coach. Because I already have my certification in, uh, in, uh, health as a health and wellness coach. I'm working on my holistic nutritionist coach training and should be done with that shortly and uh, being certified in simple fat burn as well. And so there are things that I am working on, continuing to work on and uh, with the spirit body transformation, I'll be focusing in on professional African-American women over the age of 40 and helping them to overcome their nutritional challenges so they can lose their first 20 pounds and keep it off. You know, it's important to find somebody who specializes in your area of, of need. You know, we can't just be a health and nutrition or wellness trainer or coach for everybody, you kind of want to have a niche because there are so many people that require certain types of, of treatment. And there's no one size fit all when it comes to nutrition. You have to do a program that's going to be tailor-made for you. You know, if I had a coach who said, oh, well, you know, I want you to go out there and, and you know, run on your treadmill for 45 minutes. I have spinal stenosis. I can't run. I can only be on the treadmill for eight minutes. So, so what are we going to do with that? You know, it's tapping into those those uh, niches, those areas that are of people's specialty so that that way they can assist you in making a program that is customized for you. And that's what I will be doing with my program, with my spirit body transformation. Not only will be transforming your mind, I mean, your body will be transforming your mind and your spirit as well. I have a workshop that I'll be working on, and that's going to be coming up in the first quarter of 2023, and it's called Trimming the Fat. And we're going to be talking about trimming the spiritual, mental, and physical fat in our lives, you know, and and what we're doing, you know, or, or how we're causing starvation in some, some of those areas and how we can best feed those areas. Because it's not just a matter of feeding our physical body when it gets hungry. We have to feed our mental and our spiritual body when it hungers as well. And so be looking for that program to come up in 2023. So I am excited about the new things that are going to be coming down the pike, not just for uh, my wellness journey, but in assisting others with their wellness journeys too. So Stay tuned for that. You'll be hearing a lot about that. Make sure that you go on my website. There is an area that talks about that, www. www.spiritbodytransformation.com. That's what I want to say. <laughs> and that is going to tell you a little bit about the program and, and, and the upcoming events with that. Also, please make sure that you guys subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, the How Now Podcast YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe there as well because I have a section on wellness journey and it's going to be talking a little bit about that. I share some of the pictures that uh, I, I've had along the way and we'll be sharing some more uh, in the months to come. So please make sure that you go to the website, go to the How Now Podcast website, go to the Spirit Body Transformation website. They're all connected so that, that way you are up to par on what's going on in this now for me. And so that's what's happening in the now with my wellness journey. Please make sure that you stay tuned and follow and also inquire about possibly setting up a time where we can talk about your wellness journey so that that way we can take this trip together. Nobody has to do this alone. And if you're looking for a great accountability partner, 
please give me a call. Go on my website, check out the uh, calendar and set up a time for us to do a discovery call together. I think that it would be wonderful to be able to take this journey together. Okay. So that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. Again, make sure that you go to our website, www.hownowpodcast.com or you go to www.spiritbodytransformation.com and find out what's going on in my now. And until I see you guys the next time, please take care of yourself, take care of each other, And until I see you next time, I say peace.